Welcome to this episode of Disease Du Jour on the topic of thermochips. The Disease Du Jour podcast is brought to you in 2020 by Merck Animal Health. Our guest for this episode is Alan Dorton, DVM, owner of his own equine-exclusive ambulatory practice based in central Kentucky. His practice emphasis is on reproduction during the breeding and foaling season, general herd health, and lameness. Thank you, Dr. Dorton, for joining us today on Disease Du Jour to talk about thermochips. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, can you start by telling me, you started in your practice using microchips, and then you evolved to the thermochip. Can you tell me the backstory on that? Well, I, it's really, um, I have one farm that was pretty large farm. I mean, we would have 250 foals each year. And every once in a while, the foals would get mixed up. Uh, one instance was the, when, this happened in 2013, and uh, two foals switched mothers at birth to maiden mares, and nobody noticed. And when it came time to register those foals in the DNA testing, uh, one of the foals tested not a match. And the farm manager called me all in a panic and I immediately knew what had happened. I said, well, there's another one out there somewhere. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, well, there's another mare that has a fold that's not hers. So I said, get everybody that fold those three or four days around this mare and have them all DNA tested now. And a few weeks later, came back, they found the other one that had switched. <laughs> so then we resubmitted DNA on um, the opposite mares and they matched and, you know, life went on and he, and he was... He goes, well, I've never heard of that happening before. And I said, well, sadly, I have. Yeah. And then we had a, another, that same year, had a yearling make it to the um, uh, identifier at uh, the racetrack. And um, the sex and the color didn't match. And that ended up, and a lot of the horses had similar names because the farm had their own stallion. And uh, uh, a lot of the names were similar. And what had happened is when they left the preparatory trainer, they took all the halters off all the horses and cleaned them all at the same time. Then when they put them back on to send them to the track, two of them got mixed up. Oh. The identifier thankfully knew the farm and knew that he had 16 more that had similar names and he just walked down with the papers until he could identify the correct horse and then they just switched the halters back and went on. Oh, but then, you know, the farm manager was quite uh, embarrassed by that. And he goes, how can we prevent this in the future? And I've been doing some work at, with the University of Kentucky and the Gluck Research Center, you know, helping them out with various things over the years. And I knew that they used microchips for the identity of their horses there. And they had just showed me these new chips that they had started using the year before that could actually read the horse's temperature as well as identified by the microchip number. And so I explored that with them a few times and they proved to me that it actually worked. And so I checked in on those chips, found out that the price was not much more than just the regular microchips that we were talking about getting. And I presented this to the farm manager. He goes, yeah, this is great, go for it. And so that's when I actually went straight into these thermo uh, microchips before you know, I used any of the other microchips other than just occasionally on horse owners would want their horses identified. But that's how I got started was mainly because of mixing up horses. And then it was kind of fortuitous that you were trying to figure out how to better use this. And 
entered Dr. Kevin Corland of Ireland. So how did that come about? Well, that took several years to evolve because I kept bothering the representative of the microchip company, said it would be really, really nice if I could read this microchip and the reader would tell me the horse's name because we would, you know, a mare loses her halter, loses her neck strap, you know, we would have to scan the microchip, you know, or a yearling or a foal would lose it. We would have to scan the microchip and just go through pages after pages trying to track down which horse's name matched this microchip. And I actually have this uh, uh, ring binder that has all the microchips on this farm listed by horse's name by alphabetical order. Uh, and then with the associated microchip, and then I have it listed by microchip number. Yeah. So going through 15 microchips, you know, numbers to try to find and then go over and identify the horse, it was workable, but it was very tedious. So I kept bugging the rep, you know, when are you going to get this? You keep telling me you're working on this. You keep telling me, when are we going to have it? Another foaling season's getting ready to start. It'd be really nice to have it. And then she, I found out, was pretty much just feeding me a line that she didn't have anybody working on it because it was beyond their capability. And she was at a meeting in uh, uh, the UK and stumbled across Kevin Corley, who was working with the microchip application over there. And somehow they ran into each other at a meeting and the meeting of the minds occurred and Kevin started working on adapting the thermochip into his Equitrace app. And then he contacted me because she goes, he goes, well, I really don't know how this is going to work. And she said, well, I know this guy in central Kentucky that he's got about, you know, he puts in about at least 300 chips a year and he, I'm sure he'd be happy to work with you. And so I started beta testing with him. It was just about a year ago. You know, it was toward the end of the breeding season. So I really didn't get to use it much during the breeding season last year, but that's how over the last year, the app has been slowly evolving and I keep telling Kevin things that don't work well. And, you know, I really don't need this and you need to work on this some more. And we finally got it down to where now that breeding season is going on, I'm really using it pretty much every day uh, just for the routine farm things. And really, it's pretty much invaluable to me. So what kind of information does this app provide to you and how are you using it? Anytime a horse is scanned, it each individual farm has many different users that can access and be part of this group. You know, the, the group of the, you know, the farm, like uh, uh, each farm will have this one big farm. We've got like five users on the app and anybody that scans a chip, anybody else that's in the group can read the information on that chip. Like I, um, part of the app is I can view the horses that were scanned by date. And I usually just pick the day's date when I'm, usually when I'm driving to the farm, my uh, assistant is actually pulling up this data and it appears on my smartphone as a spreadsheet. And it has each horse's name that is read, the time that it was read, the sire and the dam, the date of birth and who read the chip that morning and what time and what the temperature was. And that's all in a spreadsheet that just pops up on my phone in the app. And I can easily just scroll through all the temperatures on, you know, the 80 foals that were born this year so far. And it's just basically, we just run through the temperatures. 
if we spot one that's elevated, then I can actually click on that horse's name and it takes me to their portion of the app where I can see all of the temperatures that were recorded by that foal, um, where the foal was located when that temperature was read, who read that temperature and what time of day it was. Okay, yeah. so. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, that is the main thing we use it for is mainly for early monitoring of, of especially these foals in the first few months, looking for any elevation in temperature. And like I say, it keeps a record of it in the cloud. It's not on my phone. You know, it's in the, in the cloud somewhere. That's, you know, beyond me. <laughs> but as long as you have a smartphone that has Bluetooth and uh, uh, 4G or 3G even capability, you can access all that data and anyone on the farm can read it. Like the yearling manager can see the, the, all the temperatures, the farm manager, I can read it, the broodmare manager, you know, it's all there. All we have to do is just ask for it and it, boom, it's at our fingertips immediately. Well, you said it, it showed the location. Uh, you had mentioned something, maybe I'm, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but you had mentioned that because some of these farms, you know, the horses get moved around as the foals get older and so forth. Do they have a GPS technology that goes with this? It, it uses the smartphone's GPS technology. Okay. So the smartphone, the app records the smartphone's um, Google Maps location at the time that it's read. So, I mean, it's really handy. So, yeah, because every once in a while, well, I mean, in, in the past, like uh, I would make a record every time I saw a horse, I would record which barn it was in. Yeah. And occasionally the farm manager would call me and ask me, you know, where's a, a GP's Panther, you know, yearling. And I would, I'd say, okay, I'll get back with you. I would call my bookkeeper. She actually would record that location on the horse's medical record on her computer. She would tell me the last time you saw it was June 4th in barn 28. And then I'd say, okay, great, thanks. Now I'd call the farm manager. And he would say, I would tell him, I saw it on June 4th in Barn 28. And he goes, okay, great, thanks. We'll look there first. And like I said, when you had 250 babies. It, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, but now they, I guess they, they would just pull it up and say, yeah. boom, there it is. Oh, that, that's really, I wondered how the GPS worked. Um, so how accurate are the temperatures? Because, you know, we've, we've heard sometimes that the, the inserted thermo chips aren't quite as accurate as a rectal temperature. So what have you found? Okay, I have found if you insert the microchip correctly, which is in the nuchal ligament, which is in the center of the neck, it's, it's accurate within a half a degree. Okay, the only time I have had it not be accurate is if the horses are outside and it's a cold, wet, windy day they will read below level. I've not had any read elevated levels from being in the sun. Oh, okay. Okay, but on the ones that are reading low, uh, you know, like if you're like, um, yeah, brood mares in December and it's a rainy, wet day and you're outside scanning them, it, the temperatures will record low. You bring them in within an hour, it records the normal temperature. Okay, uh, exercising horses, it will record the correct temperature. And I've, we've checked this with dozens, if probably hundreds, of rectal temperatures to back it up. And they're all, and most of them are right on, but at least it's a half a degree at most difference. And there's some debate on actually if rectal temperatures are actually accurate anyway. So, 
So when and how do you inject them? You said you injected them properly. So what, what's your tips to vets for using these? I do it when the foals are first born. Uh, on their initial exam, I identify them before they're allowed to leave the foaling stall just to prevent any, any mix-ups and missing foals in the future. And uh, we've actually had, since we started microchipping, two mares did switch foals, but the guy who saw them switch didn't report it for a few days. He goes, oh yeah, they switched that first day. So we actually just let each mare raise that foal and then, but we knew who it was because on the microchip, the right name would come up when we scanned it. But uh, you know, come weaning time, we just switched the next straps. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just a lot easier. But uh, I use, like I said, I do it, I pull the IgG and then I insert the microchip. And I usually do it from the right hand side. Okay. And I do it from at about a 45 degree angle down mainly just because I'm a lot more comfortable directing the microchip with my right hand because I'm right hand predominant. And I can actually, on these folds, um, I've taught the guys how to hold them where it will relax the nuchal ligament a bit. Where I can wow. actually pick it up and hold it between my fingers and then put it straight in. And I put it at about a 45 degree angle because I found also with microchips, if you go straight in, when you're trying to scan them horizontally, if you have them at an angle, you get a lot easier scan. It, the scanner picks it up because it's got a greater surface area of the microchip to read, you know, to trigger. So I've just, just found that as a handy tip. But it, the main thing is be sure it's not just under the skin like they do in dogs, but yeah. it's actually right in the center of the neck. And that is, that's really the key to it. Today's Disease Du Jour podcast is brought to you by Merck Animal Health, the makers of prestige vaccines, Banamine, Panicure, Regimate, Protozil, and other trusted equine health solutions. Merck Animal Health works for you and for horses. Learn more about Merck Animal Health's comprehensive portfolio of products, as well as their ongoing investment in our industry, profession, and community at MerckAnimalHealthUSA.com. Now, have you had any problems with these chips migrating? Because I know I've, in the past I've, I've heard some stories. Well, the chips that come with the registration package, they are notoriously uh, migrating. There was one farm where I put the registration that comes with, you know, the microchips that come with the registration. I've been using those because they refuse to use the new ones. And uh, I put, put them in also the day they're born. And actually, when I was pulling blood and identifying for the yearling sales, I could not find five over the last few years. And one of them I actually located on the inside of the left pasture. Oh, my gosh. And I found two more on the chest, you know, down between the front legs. Now, I've heard of the ones that go down to the chest, but oh, my yeah. goodness, all the way down the leg. That's, that's One made it all the way down the leg. Oh, so. my <laughs> uh, so, uh, but these 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 thermo chips, they have there is something on them. The farthest I've had one micro uh, one of these microchips, you know, move is maybe a few inches, a few inches, four at most. Yeah, you know, always in the neck, always easy to find. Now, is but this a, universe, them, a universal most, scanner that can can read these? 
I buy the one, I buy the scanner from the manufacturer of the chips. I really can't answer the question about the other other scanners capable. I think they can because my scanner will pick up other chips. Okay. Like I have I have one mare that I put a chip in like four years ago, and um, she had a chip from France that I could not pick up from the left side of the mare. But some uh, one of the guys that was scanning one day to record that she, he was warming them, he picked up the French chip because he was scanning on the right side of the neck. Oh. So I mean, he they were you know this mare's in here. Why does it not find this chip? And then I determined that she had a second chip. But uh -huh. when that happened, this app had a place where I could add the second chip. You know, but it doesn't read the the temperature, but it will bring up the mare's name. Okay. So with that information on the, the thermo chip and with this app, what kind of information are you keeping on these horses or uh, can you keep? Uh, the, the app has a great feature just called notes. And I can make a note or anybody can make a note that has access to the app, you know, the five or ever how many you want. You can have one, two or 20. It's just the farm owns this app. And um uh, I can make notes like usually at birth, I record the foal's weight and IgGs. If it has any illnesses or I give it plasma, I can make a note of that. And it has the note feature has where who makes the note, the date and the time the note was made. If I have a sick foal that I want on medication, I make a note on this medication, this amount, this many times a day and then for five days or for three days. And so when the guys that are coming through to give the medications, they scan the foal, there's my orders right in front of them. Oh, wow. You know, so it makes it easy and less chance for, uh, for confusion instead of papers getting lost, you know, uh, papers getting wet. You know, they just scan the foal and my orders for that foal are right there and actually with the date on when to stop. Wow, uh -huh. that's great. Yeah. And, any other thing that I want to put on there, like if uh, an angular limb deformity that gets a periosteal strip or a screw, that can be put in. Um, just pretty much anything you want to say about that foal. Uh, I record warming history and dates, um, vaccines and dates. Uh, it's pretty much just like a pocket health history of each individual horse. And the other good thing about this app too, I can email those notes for individual horses or for individual or days. Like I can send all the notes that I make on one day to anybody that has an email from the app. Oh. And yeah, you know, like I use it on vaccine days. I make notes um, for each vaccine, which foal's given. And then I just email that to my bookkeeper and she prints it off and uses that for billing purposes. Well, so yeah. I don't have to stand there and write all this stuff out and write the horse's name down. It's mainly at the end of the day, I just pick out, send the notes for today, to, you know, to Robin. And what about for, for other aged horses, like your brood mares? Are you using these chips and how are you using them? I, I'm using it uh, uh, for the brood mares, once again, to keep track of like breeding dates, vaccines. Uh, the main use for me right now is to record cysts that look like pregnancies. Oh. And that is saving me a whole lot of time. At 14, 15 days, you know, 
this looks like a cyst and this looks like a pregnancy. Do we have any cysts? Usually it would be going back through the, you know, the palpation yeah. notes and stuff from 15 to 16 days before. Oh yeah, here you wrote down that you have a cyst mid, a 15 day cyst in the mid left horn. But now we just scan her and, or I can just search each mare. I don't actually have to scan to get information. I can actually search the app and just pull the horse up. Without scan. You know, if I want to look up something on a mare here sitting at my desk at home, I can just pull her up on the, on the app and see the notes that I made on her. Wow. That's great. Uh, ultrasound dates, uh, what well, breeding dates, ultrasound dates and results, uh, any uterine problems that I've had, like if she had a positive culture, what did I treat it with? What was the organism? You know, how many days did I treat her? Uh, vaccine and worming history, things like that. Still working on how to get in like the palpation data. That's pretty I found out that's just too time consuming for my assistant to actually write it down so I can have a something to submit to the farm manager and actually have it entered into the app. It's, yeah. you know, because, you know, I'm already into the next mare while she's still typing. So we kind of let that go away. And now it's just pregnancy results, ultrasound results. So how do you get notes from this app? Like, from a day or a range of days or whatever, how do you how do you get that information back to your system? Um, you mean to like to my computer system? Yes. Okay, that's or, where or, I would just for your bill. That's, that's where I just uh, there's an app where I can just pull up the notes on a particular day or the notes on a particular horse, and I can email them. Oh. So, so, if, so if you've been out and you've seen 50 horses today, you can just you can just go in and say, I want the notes from these 50 horses sent. Yes. Yes, I can pick, you know, it just there's a, a, a button on here that just says view temperatures and notes or export temperatures and notes. So you just pick export temperatures, which is the list of temperatures with the horses names and where they were and what the temperature was or the notes. And I can pick it out the notes this week the notes this month or the notes today. And then they just go, they get emailed out and it goes out in a Excel format. So, uh, you know, uh, it's just a spreadsheet, disappears at a spreadsheet. Well, that's great. I want yeah. to go back to the foals a little bit because having worked as, you know, on a farm myself, I know that a foal can be bouncing around and looking fine and 24 hours later, it's sick. So I'm assuming that you're, getting these temperatures and seeing it ahead of time. What, how has that helped you to get it's ahead of yeah, it? This year it's helped a great deal. I mean, I've had at least 10 or 12 foals that uh, the guys will call me that this one has a temperature of 103 or I'll pick up this one has 101 yesterday. It's 102.5 today. And so we look at it closer. Um, it will, you know, they'll usually give an anti-inflammatory to bring the, the, the temperature down. I will see the fold, do an exam, and probably run a blood check on it. Like uh, I found 10 or 12 folds that suddenly have 103 temperature, still bouncing around, run a, a profile on them, and they'll have a white count of uh, 13,000, 17,000, wow. you know, 15,000. So I know something's going on, and that's where we graduate and get the ultrasound out, and ultrasound the chest and the abdomen. Almost all of these folds that having temperatures like that that quickly uh, are enteritis. And we're 
at least 10 or 12 I've caught so far this year that were actually treating the enteritis before the foals actually realize they have the enteritis. And so we'll treat metronidazole, antidiarrheals, you know, all the usual things. And then the temperatures level off. And then seven days later, the white counts are back to normal and the temperatures stay normal. So uh, that is, I'm treating a lot less diarrheas than I used to. And it's mainly because I'm treating them before they actually become diarrheas. So that's been a huge help to me. I was going to say just that in and of itself is, man, there's nothing like having these foals just suddenly, especially the young ones, drop and get sick. And then you're chasing, trying to catch up and, and get them better. Yes. And almost all of them are responding to, you know, the treatment. I mean, I, actually, all of them have so far. I've not had one that has not responded to the treatment. There are some reports out and we're trying to correlate this, that with rotococcus, there is a temperature rise when they get the infection and we routinely scan these horses or these foals at 30 days and six weeks if we have an issue that we saw at 30 days and then 60 days and then uh, uh, 90 days so they're getting scanned routinely and i've not been able to really correlate the development of a rotococcus temperature rise that's associated with the lesions we're finding on the ultrasound so uh, after the season's over and we have more time we'll probably go back and say who did we find that had the lesions and then look closer at the temperature to see if we see any temperature spike but i'm starting to feel like it may be such a small rise that i'm not really sure how we can incorporate that and in, into our you know prevention and treatment of rotococcus yeah so yeah, I, I still think, you know, scanning the chest is, is the way to go because we're picking them up so early and, and getting them treated that way. Well, I'm going to step you away from the reproduction and the foals for a minute because you also do some sport horses. Have you used any of this in sport horses and, and how are you using it? I'm using it mainly for um, uh, in training barns for mostly racehorses. Um, just, I haven't really got any sport horse pleasure, you know, show horse types to really try this yet, but, uh, picking up early respiratory disease issues in the training horses, you know, and, you know, temperature spike of 103. And so we go and check them out and, you know, that's when, you know, check blood and we're finding early respiratory diseases on them. So that isn't a, there is supposedly some value that's being studied on uh, incorporating that into endurance type horses for monitoring temperatures and you know they have to return to a certain level at certain stages of the of, uh, of exercise and there actually some work being done on that on the incorporating it into the training of endurance horses you know know how, how far do we take them before we stop you know and then you know it's adjusting training methods that way okay well, is there anything else that you would like to tell a veterinarian who might be considering this after hearing all the, the interesting things you've been able to do with these thermochips? Uh, mainly is if we're microchipping horses for registration purposes, I really can't see a reason not to use these chips because they can add so much to your practice, mainly on, like I said, it's like a pocket medical record of each individual horse. 
I can make notes on many things in there that I can easily pull them up and look at them in the future. And if the horse changes hands and uh, the new owner wants the vaccine history, that's easily pulled up too. I mean, I can send it to from the app to my computer. I can edit out anything I don't want the new owner to know. Like they don't really need to know about, you know, the fractured coffin bone I found when it was a month old. You know, that's and it, that's healed now, and you can't even. Yeah, tell that's it. like 60% like of that. the foals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just something that's not really important. Just something I made a note of, just to keep track of the foal as it progresses, in case I ever run up with a problem in that foot. Uh, but I can edit out, you know, just send worming vaccine history, any pertinent medical history, ultrasound dates, breeding dates, you know, and, to, and then just send it off as a, as a as an Excel sheet. So it's okay. very simple. Well, I really want to appreciate you taking the time today and thank you for, for talking to us about this because I'm really interested in it. And I know there's got to be a lot of other per people that, that didn't know about this technology and the app that goes with it. There it really is, it's been a huge benefit and time-saving uh, uh, tool to use, especially in monitoring the health of these foals and especially in tracking some of these mares. Uh, but like, you know, in, in this one big farm that I told you that we do, we vaccinate on the 15th of the month. You know, everybody that's five months in, you know, in December, we get, you know, they, I conquer, you know, take them in and just do them all on the 15th, just so we can keep track of them. And it's easy, just scan the mare, enter in, five month vaccine, boom. When we get to the seventh month, we scan the mare. By then we're doing five, seven and nine months. Yeah. And so we just scan the mares. Okay, last month we gave her an eight, this month she gets a nine month series. So that, that has speeded up the process too, instead of once again, going through reams of paper to find when did she get bred? How many months is she? Okay, she gets a nine month. So it's very quick that way and it, it's a quick easy record well that's great well thank you again dr dorton for being our guest on today's episode of disease du jour and we want to thank our listeners for joining us and a special thanks to our 2020 sponsor merck animal health please listen and rate previous and future episodes of disease du jour on itunes soundcloud or stitcher or your favorite podcast platform you can follow equimanagement on our website or facebook or you can send me an email at kbrown at aimmedia.com. Disease Du Jour is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network.